my name is Hubert Bergamo Fennel. There are three Y's in my name. I'll let you guess where they are. I've been hired by the Atlantic 10 Conference to give all of you basketball fans a little bit of a tour of Brooklyn before your little tournament or basketball thingy whatever. I did happen to notice that some of you, like me, are from the Midwest, even though your conference is named the Atlantic 10. I really like that idea of having such a weird name. That's really cool. I know some of you may also think that Brooklyn has a little bit of a hipster reputation due to gentrification that's happened over the last decade or so, but I'm here to tell you that it really is not the case at all. If you're looking for a nice pre-game meal, might I suggest a place in Williamsburg that I really like called Legumes, and that has three R's in it. I will let you know that it is a steampunk casual restaurant for its dress code. I've also been told that some basketball fans tend to imbibe in some spirits. Well, I have a treat for you in Park Sloop. Catholic school, as vicious as Roman rule. It's called West Anderson's Cocktail Dreamatorium, and it has the finest of liqueurs that are from fermented dragon fruit. You won't find any White Claws or Johnny Walker Black Label because we don't see color. Finally, if you're like myself, Bailey Steele, or Grant Golden and have nice long hair that's perfect for white man dreadlocks, there's a barber in Bedsty named Taysom with four M's that can give you a dope AF twist. Not to mention he sells artisanal surgical masks in case you're really worried about that coronavirus. All of these tips will help you enjoy a magical hipster free time in Brooklyn. SB Unfilled and Friends Episode 7. Hey, I got a podcast too. You should check it out. It's called Wait. Don't don't go. Don't go. Everybody to episode seven of SB Unfurled and friends, it's Bana Commenter here with SB Unfurled, getting you ready for the Atlantic 10 tournament. It's finally here, man! Happy, happy A10 week. I'm pumped. We got we got people from all these different teams coming on, so this is going to be really good. We'll get a we'll get a taste of all all the different programs, and we're going to talk a lot about Brooklyn. But um, unfortunately, still have to talk about the tough loss we took on Saturday to St. Louis there. Right. That's not the way you want to go into the tournament, unfortunately. It was just from the from the beginning, just a terrible offensive performance. And it really didn't help out our defense because there was just so much pressure without being able to set up the, the, the uh, defense. Yeah. Sometimes it seemed like St. Louis, they're so physical. And uh, sometimes it seemed like they had six or seven defenders out there. Like we couldn't create anything really um it was it was tough not not a good offensive performance at all and we're pretty much just limping into Brooklyn at this point like we've lost three of four we've lost four of six um just a few weeks ago it looked like we were in really good position to get a double by but uh man we we've kind of fallen apart um of late and you know you see look at the box score Lofton and Winston combined for 
just three of 20 from the field. Don't even, I don't even want to look at the box yeah, score, man. It's rough. We shot 17% in the first half, and what was it, like 25% in the total game? Like, I that's think it was, beyond yeah. atrocious. Yep. And that was even worse than our worst shooting percentage of, like, I think it said on stadium 31% against UVM against Vermont. Like, and we almost won that game at least. Like, this game, yeah. we weren't even a factor. Yeah, no one on the team shot above 50%. Um, Welch, I guess, had the best offensive game, four of nine. But, you know, I, what stuck, um, stuck out to me when I looked at this, Oshun played 34 minutes, only took three shots. Like, PZ played four minutes, also took three shots. It's baffling because it, we would all love to imagine an A10 where there's no Obi Toppin overlording everybody and just dominating mm-hmm. the league. You know who the best shooter in the conference would be if Obi didn't exist? It would be Oshun. I think he's shooting 61%, Obi shooting 63 So the fact that we're not going to him more is, is really ridiculous. It's got to be something that we can draw up to get him the ball more on offense because, yeah, maybe his shooting percentage will go down a little bit, but it would still be something that we can exploit against some of these other teams and possibly get Hassan French into foul trouble because we're if we get through Thursday, we'll be playing them on Friday. There's a lot of, you know, ISO ball. I feel like we didn't really move the ball too well, and that that can uh, be a problem when you have Oshun down there, but um, and, and you you aren't really looking to get him the ball. You're just kind of looking to to drive and create your own shot. So that was that was tough to see. That's that's a stat that I, I'm just kind of boggled by. Dr. G was talking about during the first half on the broadcast how St. Louis was playing a bit of a gap defense on us, and that was preventing us from driving into the lane. And I get what he was kind of saying there, but I still don't think that's a good enough excuse for our lack of aggression on offense. That's where most of our points are really coming from. It's either guys get into the hole, kick into Oshun, or kicking out to a three-point shooter because our offense really doesn't get created on the wings very often. In the past, we were spoiled with some of these guards who just could create their own shot out of nothing. Stockard, especially. Mobley and, and, you know, Adams, obviously, and Stockard. And, you know, they would kind of bail us out of bad possessions. The shot clock would get down to five, and there wouldn't be much going on, and they could bail you out. Um, Posley was really good at that, too. We haven't had that as much this year. And, you know, in in these games, you kind of see it, it starts to, you know, these games start to get away from you a little bit when you can't have guys to keep you in it. Um, like we have had, and I mean, just looking at some of the, some of the losses we've taken, uh, we did get the five seed, but you know, we lost by 23 Saturday, 29 to Davidson, 26 to Dayton, 28 to VCU. Um, like I said, we are the five seed, but we're only outscoring opponents in the A-10 by eight points total. And you can lump LaSalle into that too, honestly, yeah. because we were down tw- almost 20 at one right. point. But the, the one thing that I'm really hoping for to really give me hope for Brooklyn is all those games you mentioned except Davidson were on the road. Some of those we didn't have Oshun, of course, but all those games except Davidson were on the road. Yeah. And it seems like this team tends to play better in either the Riley Center or a neutral court that really leans Bonas like Toronto yeah. did, like Boca Raton did, like obviously Rochester did. So hopefully they can, you know, get behind the support that we're going to have down in Brooklyn. Because I know all you that are listening will be there in the Barclays Center with me on Thursday. So hopefully we can get that real support to propel us to, you know, possibly a matchup with Dayton on Saturday if we can get by the first two games. Which that would be a shock the world scenario if we could get to Dayton and and try to make history there. (laughs) Do you know how many 
points we're averaging uh, a game in a ten play? It's a nice. It's a nice amount. I know that much. Go ahead. Do you know how many points we're allowing in a ten play? It's sixty six. Sixty nine. I saw. Oh really? Oh, maybe I was, I was looking at the full numbers of the whole season. So it's yep. so we're both so we're sixty nine on offense and sixty nine on defense. Yes. Yep. It makes sense. It's two ways when it's sixty nine, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we have plenty of guests coming up in these next two days because if you're traveling to Brooklyn, which you should be, it's what a six hour drive from Olean. I would say six seven hours, depending on how fast you're driving and how many pit stops you want to make. Yeah. So you got plenty place, of yeah. time to entertain yourself on your travels this week. So. We're glad you're making us a part of your trips down. All right, let's check out the interviews. Do you smell it? That smell. The kind of smelly smell. The smelly smell that smells. Smelly. Surprise, everyone. Before we get to all our A10 teams, we're going to have a Bona fan with us. This is West End Stench. He's all over the A10 talk forums. Thank you so much for joining us, Stench. Hey guys, good afternoon. It's good to have uh it's good to be on this podcast. I was um I'm thrilled to be on here, but I can't help but <clears throat> feel like this is just a consolation prize for uh losing the commenter <laughs> in uh our A ten fantasy hoops league. It's, it's it's nice to be on here, but man, I really wish I was actually getting some money from that. You really figured out why I had you on here, huh? <laughs> That's that was all it was all the long con here. It's, it's okay. Hey, you had Obi Toppin and still lost the league. I think that's kinda on you. That's true. I had Toppin and Crutcher, and it didn't work out somehow. Um, I guess having well, Ivan. You did have Book of Bobby though. Ivan Book of Bobby. Ivan Route did not push me over the edge. He also started Dariante Jenkins in the championship, <laughs> who announced like a week or two ago he was leaving the school or leaving I, the oh, team. Is he? <laughs> I think I, I think I had him on my roster for uh, the entire playoff run. He was more of a good luck charm than anything. <laughs> Get into the tournament here. Um, what are your hopes for for A ten play for us? I want to see us get to a matchup with Dayton. Now I don't think we can go and plan on beating them, but it's so rare that you get an opportunity to play a uh, shoot a top two team in the country, which they're going to end up being on Monday. I, I feel, and you definitely don't get these opportunities to play a team that's probably going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So, getting that matchup. Getting another crack at them and seeing what we can do against something like that before the season concludes, um, I think that's maybe all you can hope for here. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you find yourself in that situation either. So, yeah, that, that's just an invaluable experience that you can get for, the, for a young team going into what could be a promising couple of years um, down the road here. And we don't know if it's Dayton for sure because VCU is a tough matchup for them and UMass has been playing really well. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, but I feel like, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer going into this podcast the whole day, but it's a tournament of matchups and our current bracket, where we sit on the bracket line right now, the matchups don't look great for us, but like I said, you never know. Dayton does look like they're just on a whole nother level right now, but... I mean, weird stuff happens in Brooklyn all the time or in the A-10 tournament. So, Pete, you're actually going to get a chance to sit in with us and listen to these guys because you got second place in the SB Unfurled Fantasy League. So as wow. your prize, you get to sit in and just go ahead and chime in whenever you want to talk to some of these guys. What a treat. What a treat. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out, or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? 
First off on this A10 extravaganza for all of our A10 tournament coverage is Petey Buckets. You know him from the Hey 10 podcast, but you probably know him also because of his uncle Vinny. Petey, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> What's up, guys? I forgot about my uncle Vinny story. Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget your Uncle Vinny yeah. story. So uh, for those who aren't familiar, can you just quickly go over who Uncle Vinny is? Because he is also, like sure. Unfurled and I, a Bonnie. Yep. Um, my Uncle Vinny is a Bonnie. And I think I told you this story when we did a little re- uh, game preview uh, for one of the times we met earlier this season. Um, but yeah, he's from, um, he's not from New York City. He's from just outside of New York City, where my dad's whole side of the family's from. Uh, he's like five foot two. He's just this little old world Italian. He's kind of crazy. Um, and he's a gigantic Bonnie's fan. He's got to be in his 60s or 70s at this point. He's a gigantic Bonnie's fan. Are we going to see him in Brooklyn or? Uh, no? I don't think so. He retired down to Myrtle Beach. But um, read the. I think I told all the good stories in the previews. So if you want to go back and find it, um, it's uh, it's in there. But but he's hilarious. He'll be um, he'll be pulling for the Bonnie's. Um, he was thinking about making a trip to Fairfax, not this season, but last season. Didn't quite do it. So he's still you know he's still pretty diehard. I don't think you'll see him in Brooklyn. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a good dude. Um, sort of like whenever I talk to a Bonnie's fan on Twitter, I sort of imagine that I'm talking to my uncle Vinny. (laughs) So you are the originator of the Wednesday night pillow fight moniker, even though you're playing in the afternoon, I still like the name. It just, it sounds better. Um, but you're now in the pillow fight this year. That's right. What do you think about your chances of getting out of the pillow fight and, I think you might you would be the first team to get to Friday from the pillow fight if you were to beat Austin St. Joe. So what do you think about your chances? Uh, I'm not feeling great about them. Um, I think that St. Joe's, you know, it, we're, we're a better team than St. Joe's, but I don't necessarily think that means that much at this point in the season. Um, I think if you watch the pillow fight games, which I'm a big, big basketball nerd, I love, I love good basketball and bad basketball. So the past few the years, the pillow fight games are incredible. They really and Matt Martucci's calling the game too. So if you really want to watch Tooch and bad basketball, you gotta, you gotta. Tooch go is Doctor is a friend of the Hey Ten podcast. Doctor G on the call too. I don't know if he's going to be on. I know Tooch is because he said it on our pod. Yeah, um, yeah, they're a team. They're they're probably on it together. Um, By the way, shout out to Doctor G's cat, Doctor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we were um yeah so for your listeners uh dr g was recording and he's uh his cats were just going nuts in the background um it was pretty hilarious me and grant were just texting each other like trying to hold their shit together while he's talking and he's being interrupted <laughs> by his cats um the problem with pillow fights is like there are teams that are in that part of the season that have just like they they've got that just end the season look to them. You know, they just sort of checked out. They're not gonna they're not gonna scratch and claw and fight. And I think that just the the, the teams that are the teams that really want to continue the season, really want to keep playing. I think are the ones that that will advance from um, Wednesday. Not necessarily the best teams. So that makes it a little bit of a tougher evaluation. Like yeah, Mason's better than St. Joe's. Um, but I'm not feeling good about our chances of having Jamal Hartwell. Uh, he, he went down in our last game of the season. Um, you know, there's a chance that he's not with us in Brooklyn or he's not able to play. Um, we've done this weird thing where Javon Green, one of our best players has been coming off the bench recently. At first it was disciplinary, but now it just seems like it's a thing. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff like in flux at Mason. I think we'll, we'll probably beat St. Joe's. Um, Bonnie's sort of onus at this point. So I think if we beat St. Joe's, our, our season probably ends at your hands on Thursday. That'd be that'd be nice because I've actually been thinking about this matchup and I much would rather play St. Joe's because both of our games against you guys 
have been pretty close and or at least uncomfortable. Whereas really? St. Joe's, other than yeah, other than the first half against St. Joe's, we've crushed them. Whereas you guys, I mean, we fell down fifteen against you guys early on in the first game down at your place. And yeah. then um, even even the uh, alumni weekend game for us up here, you um you hung around, you, you made it close. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a nail biter, but it wasn't exactly a blowout. Speaking as a Mason fan, I never thought we were going to win either one of those. Uh, the big lead in the first game was a lie. I think we hit like our first five three pointers or something, and we're yep. a ter- we're a terrible shooting team, so that that was never going to hold up. Um, and then I think the second half of that game was just total domination. Um, I'm trying to pull up the Ken Palm right now. But no, I don't feel like you're a good matchup for us because we don't shoot the ball well, um, which means we need to get inside. And you guys have, I think, one of the best uh, paint protectors in the country with Osun. So it's just not like we we run this, you know, sort of um, ball screen motion offense that's designed to get your guards going downhill, get your guards to the rim. We don't do that well enough, obviously, to finish outside of the bottom four in the A-10. I think we definitely don't do that well enough to challenge a guy like Osun inside. So I would not be I would not be terribly concerned if I'm a Bonaventure fan. Every year going into the season, I'm thinking Mason's going to be like top half of the league this year. (laughs) They're going to be a team that me too, um, pal. Yeah, and and I every year they go in and I'm like they got the, I, and I get it. Kyra got her, and but it seems like every year they have these pieces that look really good. Um, what do you see? Is is it like uh, not making adjustments? Is it just matchups? Is it being unlucky with injuries? Because um, you guys started what like eleven and one this year. Um, yeah. What do you see as like Paulson's? Is he going to be around next year? Do you think, or the next couple of years? Yeah, so I think he's definitely around next year, um, and that's because the AD, we still have the AD who hired him, Brad Edwards. Um, Brad Edwards loves him. Um, we th- we think he's safe. There's no reason to think that he's not coming back next year. Um, as far as when his seat actually gets hot, I think that's a good question. Probably needs to show us something next year. I don't necessarily know if that looks like a a, a tournament. Um, a tournament bid. But I mean, if the question is, is he safe? Yes, he's safe. If the question is like, what are his, you know, what are his biggest flaws as a coach and why haven't we taken the next step? Um, you guys only asked me on for 10 or 15 minutes and that's a much, much longer discussion. <laughs> but I think that, um, actually it was interesting. I, at the end of the A-10 tournament last year, when you guys beat us, I asked, uh, I went into the locker room and I interviewed him cause sometimes I pretend to be a real journalist and Dave, <laughs> um, you know, I think I asked him a, a question about what is it what it, does it take to get from here to there, here being where we are now and there being like actually legitimately competing with the top of the A10 because I think last year we finished 11 and 7 but we didn't actually beat any of the top teams. Those 11 wins were like mostly against the bottom of the league. Um and Sounds I think familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he gave me a pretty thoughtful answer about how we just don't necessarily look like an A10 team or like at least we didn't at that point. Um you know, and coaches don't say this stuff like outright but i think he where he was going with this is sort of like what mason fans see and what a lot of people see is that we have a lineup that's just not a 10 caliber at this point i think this year was a little bit more surprising and more frustrating because we have athletes like javon green aj wilson jordan miller Mm -hmm. um three of our usual starters these guys are like a 10 caliber athletes but just in terms of skill in terms of guard play in terms of shooting um 
we just don't have that. That's just not the way the roster is constructed right now. And I think that gets into like, you know, recruiting player development. Um, and you can like pick any thread there that you want to pull on. But I think ultimately, uh, overall, I think that, that the roster is just a little bit too limited to like reasonably be expected to compete at the top of the A-10 at this point. Well, one final thing for you. We've seen pillow fighters actually ascend to the top. I mean, Fordham's always there, but mm-hmm. Richmond was a pillow fighter last year and they're the two seed now. And St. Louis was a pillow fighter not too long ago. And you can see them right now. What do you think about your chances of being the next pillow fighter to ascend to the uh, double bye? Um, I think we need Justin Kyer to come back next year. My understanding is that that's not looking good right now um, because Justin Kyer, he, he's going to have to apply for a red shirt and sort of throw himself at the mercy of the NCAA because we think huh. he might have played one game too many um, based on what the medical red shirt rules are, which is really, Ugh. which would be a really, really terrible way for his career to end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I think we're probably, you know, it, it sucks to say this, but I think that if Kyer doesn't come back the next year, we're probably still a year away um, because it, I think at the end of the day, the, the our, our guard play just needs to get better. Um, we need shooters and we don't have those right now. Well, Petey, if Uncle Vinny decides to come to Brooklyn, be sure to tell him to come by the Montrose <laughs> or something and we can hit him up and uh, buy him a beer or something. <laughs> I will. He will. Um, he will shut down the bar with you. <laughs> yeah, man. Once yeah. again, PD Buckets at PD Buckets on Twitter. Hey, 10 podcast. Y'all doing anything this week? Uh, yeah, check out. Um, so Hey, 10 podcast is going to have um, a, a preview that we're recording actually a little bit later. Um, but check out giantkiller.co and check out by George GMU. They are traveling up to Brooklyn. They put out all sorts of content. They will be covering everything. Um, I just had a kid, so I won't be able to make it to Brooklyn this year, which uh, ah. really, really bummed about. Um, but check out by George GMU, check out giant killer and check out the hate 10 podcast. All right, cool. Yeah. we got a six hour, seven hour drive for some people in the Western New York area. So, uh, appreciate the time, Petey. Go listen to that and, uh, entertain him on the drive. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thanks fellas. Good luck this weekend. Thanks man. You too. Oh, oh, spiders, spiders, get them off me, get them off me, get them off me. It's me. All right, next up on our A10 Extravaganza, we got Austin Daisy and Noah Goldberg. They are the hosts of the Spider Scoop podcast. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. So A10s is going to be a pretty interesting time for you guys because you're one of the few, if possibly only, team that has a chance in that large bid. So what are you guys looking forward to? Yeah, um, I think that we're certainly, I mean, I think the bracket worked out uh, really well for us in terms of. Uh, you know, your guys' Bonnies are on the other side of that bracket. St. Louis is on the other side of that bracket. So I think matchup-wise, it actually worked out pretty well for Richmond, uh, considering, you know, until a potential matchup with Dayton or another championship matchup, we're going to go through Rhode Island, who they've beaten already, um, potentially against Davidson if they beat LaSalle. Both of those teams we've already beat a couple times. Um, so I think it worked out really well. Really excited to see how this team uh, shoots outside the Robin Center, something we've talked about a lot. Um, they shot a little bit better at Duquesne the other night, so I was encouraging really good win on Friday night, but, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, pretty, pretty big 180 from last year to, uh, be in this spot this year. And, uh, I think especially going into the season to be the only team from the tournament with uh, another real at large chance. So pretty exciting. Yeah, no, going along with what Noah said, um, I couldn't be more excited to see this team have a double bye and be the number two seed beginning of the year. My expectations were obviously a little bit higher than last season, but I really did not picture a two seed. So just uh, trying to enjoy um, the run here and just hope for the best up in Brooklyn 
and I'm constantly watching Joe Lenardi's uh, bracketology updates. <laughs> Can't say I'm 100% agreeing with him at all. Yeah. But um, we're kind of watching those now just to see what he's saying and see if there's any more Richmond insight as we head closer to the conference. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you guys were aware of it or not. Um, I don't know how like common knowledge it is. I feel like people have heard of it, but they, the school actually hired Lenardi to help to consult and help construct their non-conference schedule. So really? a little bit of a gripe. Yeah, a little bit of a gripe with Lenardi right now um, that he's he's got them as that first team out, um, especially, you know, obviously that win over Wisconsin, that Davidson wins now quad one win. That's obviously the conference, but uh, a little, little, little aggravating that he's the one keeping them out right now and he's the one who helped, helped them build that schedule. I think it's setting the stable the stage though for you guys to possibly get it if you get to the championship game because you'll probably get that would include another win over Davidson and probably another win over Rody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I think because on a neutral site, no, I think Rhode Island would be that'd be a Q two, wouldn't it, on the neutral right now? I think so. Yeah, so that'd be another Q two win. Um, but yeah, I think um, I don't know what Austin, what you think. I, I think we're both pretty similar in that we would say. You win in the quarterfinals, make it to the semis. That's definitely going to keep you in the mix at large. But at that point, you're still probably kind of, you know, at the mercy of what the teams ahead of you are doing. Um, you know, the NC States, Indiana's, those guys, Utah, Utah State, just picking up a big win. Um, but I think, I think if you, re- if they really want to secure this, they most, I don't think they don't need to win the A10 tournament. They don't need an auto bid, but they certainly need to get to the championship if they really want to lock it up. Yeah, no, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, actually, I was just watching before it came on here that Houston is actually um, beating Memphis, which Memphis mm-hmm. is listed as the first team on the next four out. So that could yeah. pretty much push Memphis out. One less team to worry about. Obviously, a whole lot more um, plays into it. But, yeah, no, I think if we win a game and get to the semis, it, like Noah said, it has us in a good position. But getting to that final, I think, is – exactly what this team needs to pretty much be guaranteed in that large bid. How much have you guys been uh, talking shit to VCU fans around the city this year? <laughs> it's got to be nice. Cause you guys are like, aren't you literally on a hill compared to VCU? Like, is, cause VCU I think is like downtown and you're, you guys are kind of slightly outside of downtown, like up on a hill, right? Yeah. It's all, it's all hilly. I mean, the, the, the city's a little bit up and down too. It's kind of hills everywhere. So I don't know whose hill is higher than whose, but, but you're looking down on them. I'll, and we're looking down on him regardless. I'll say our hill's a little bit taller this year. Um, Austin, Austin, luckily, because he's actually a level-headed, sensible human being, unlike myself. Um, but I've gotten to, gotten to a little beef uh, with some VCU guys on Twitter. Try to avoid it, but rightfully so. Um, I, I tweeted after the before the first VCU-Richmond game. I think I put up, I, I think it was like Richmond was plus nine on the spread. I think I tweeted out, I was like, does anyone even think this is a double-digit game? Well, they lost that one by 19. Um, and I fairly got lit up for that one. So shout out old takes exposed for not retweeting me. So I'll take that. Um, but the gifts were funny. It was a good back and forth. Um, it's all love, but yeah, no, they're certain. They're certainly quieter this year. I'll tell you that. Um, we had a, I, I play on the rugby team at Richmond and we actually just beat up on BCU pretty badly a couple of weeks ago. And we were, t- <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, I was trying to chirp them a little bit and uh, they were, they were not having it about basketball or rugby. There you go. That's good. Austin has it feeling this year to, be clearly the king of the capital city. Oh, no, it's fantastic, especially um, growing up in Richmond, lived here my whole life. It's always, well, not always, post-2011, you know, once VCU basketball finally had fans after that Final Four run. It's just been all you've heard about. And that I, on Twitter, like Noah was saying, I, over time, I've kind of learned to just stay clear of that 
that whole mess over there. I don't want to rile up the rats over there on Broad Street. I, <laughs> I'll stay on top of my perch <laughs> over here and um, just look down on the Rams as they as they plummet farther into the A10. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Last year, last year actually, um, my roommate is uh, the video videographer for the Richmond team. And last season, which obviously was not particularly the Spiders' year, um, they were coming off the court after getting blown out in the Seagull Center. And Grant Golden was walking through the tunnel, walking off, and some some drunk Rams fan, like right on the edge, like kind of up where they can look down on the tunnel, was just yelling and harassing Grant, going back and forth. And then my roommate, Kyle, who's he's about 6'3", so he's a tall guy, but he's in like a polo, and he does not look like a basketball player at all. He's got like a camera. Just walking <laughs> in, just doing his thing, like, not bothering anybody. And this guy just starts screaming at him, dropping F-bombs and shit, <laughs> like yelling. And Kyle's just sitting there like, what did I do? <laughs> they had to call security and they came and arrested the fan. So oh I, have, I have absolutely no love for VCU fans at all. All right. Keeping away from VCU. I mean, if Dayton is going to decide not to show up, you guys are basically the one seed then. So do you have one final message to the other 12, A10 schools then, or, or I guess in, and Dayton, so the other 13 schools? Yeah, we're the ones to beat. Yeah, no, Ooh, wow. 100%. I, we were talking earlier on our podcast that, I mean, my confidence is sky high. I'm still cautiously mm-hmm. optimistic, but no, it, it's it's get to the final or bust. Yep. Nice. Um, so where can people follow you guys on Twitter? Um, I know you guys, the Spider Scoop podcast for ESPN Richmond Radio, right? Yep. We're, uh, we got the Spider Scoop podcast that is on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can also find it through the ESPN Richmond website, ESPNRichmond.com. Um, tweet out the links. Uh, you can check me out on I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Noah Goldberg 10. Um, I do the Know Your Spiders video podcast series. That's mostly in the off season. So I'll probably be coming out after. Um, check that out. YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. And yeah, no, you can find me on A10 Talk, uh, right for Richmond. This is actually my first year doing it. Uh, Twitter is also Daisy 11. And as always, me and Noah, uh, listen, make sure to give us a listen on the Spider Scoop podcast. Cool, yeah. Looking for any uh, Spiders news or trying to get some recon on them? Go ahead and check these guys out. Thank you both for joining us. Absolutely. Good work, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome to the Superstar Shakeup live on Monday Night Raw. You suck. 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 That wrestling music means we have a real wrestling heel here for us. A Duquesne fan is joining the A10 Extravaganza. It is Johnny from the Bluff Blog. Hey, thanks for coming into our wrestling ring here. Thanks for having me. Apparently, you suck, according to these guys. (laughs) That's all right. Sometimes I do. <laughs> so, Duquesne and Bonaventure have been having some pretty uh, chippy games. What have you thought about the season so far with, with these two games? I thought there were a couple good games. That first game was that first game was probably the best game. Yeah, we'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean it was a fun game. I mean I was I was sick. We lost that game. I I, I didn't look at Twitter for like three days after that game just because I was so pissed off. But. Um, Second game, yeah. I mean, I didn't really expect to win at that point. Um, we were kind of reeling after that Dayton game, but uh, yeah, no, it's been a good season. I, th- I thought we'd probably get a third one in uh, in Brooklyn, but I don't, I don't think we're on the same side of the bracket, right? 
No. Yeah. So, what do you think about your chances for uh, Brooklyn there? Because I personally think you actually got a good draw, but I'll let you. I'll let you decide that. Yeah. I mean, I think they got a, a pretty decent draw. I mean, GW and Fort. I mean, GW beat us. Um, we split with them, and then Fordham always gives us a hard time. It, I think the first one was in overtime, and the second one we only won by four. So, I mean, I just, we haven't won one of these games in Brooklyn forever. So I don't really take any of them for granted. So, but I do think if they can. I mean, I think they can beat Rhode Island. I don't think they're, you know, us. Um, they played them <clears throat> solid for the 20 minutes the first time, and then just kind of collapsed in the second half. But um, I think it's a, de- I think it's a decent matchup, decent matchup for us. At least better than Dayton. Um, I was kind of hoping we'd get St. Louis uh, third time, just because we dominate them so much. Um, but yeah, I think I think Rhode Island's a pretty decent draw. You can take them off our hands if you want. You can have St. Louis all you want because <laughs> I don't want to play them after Saturday's game. Uh, they make us look like Dayton, so I'd like to, <laughs> I'd play them all eighteen games if I could. So you and Unfurled have had a little bit of a uh, Twitter spat of sorts. I'll let Unfurled take it from here. <laughs> this guy's from Pittsburgh, and I, I going back looking through his tweets, he definitely loves talking shit about Olean. Uh, he hates <laughs> Olean. Um, he makes fun of Olean and, and what it has to offer and then said that I'm obsessed with Duquesne. So, uh, I, there's, I guess there's two ways we can approach this. We can like, I, I can try to, um, persuade you that Olean isn't as bad as you think it is, or I can try to defend Olean and we can, we can get into some of our differences there. Fight, 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 fight. But what, what is it, why? Why do you hate Olean? I, I noticed, like, um, I went back and I was looking to see, like, why? Why does this guy hate Olean so much? And apparently, like, you were a student manager and you got hit, you got drilled in the head with a full <laughs> bottle of Coke in the Riley Center. Pretty, that's pretty much it. I didn't think anybody would know that. But yeah, no, like we were, um, we were there twice in six days. That was whenever the Atlantic 10 did that season or two with the, um, where they played the first round games and on campus site, which was stupid. Um, but yeah, so like the game of the regular season was there at Bonaventure and then the tournament game was there. So I got pelted in the face with a, with a Coke bottle. So that kind of soured me, um, but, but yeah, no, I haven't been back since. <laughs> oh, so is that the only time you've been to Olean? Just that yeah, I was there twice in a there. week. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we stayed in the. Um, there was like a we stayed in a Hampton Inn, and then there was a pizza place we went to that also had a miniature golf, like oh, a putt putt thing in it. Pizza, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like the that and the Tim Hortons are the things i remember most yeah taste is great great greasy pizza i don't know if you know about this but there was a vote that went around the entire world and there was actually tens <laughs> of millions of votes cast part of super tuesday yeah on the all it's the it's the a10's all douchebag team um <laughs> and tavian dunn martin and michael hughes actually tied uh they they tied for biggest douchebag of the year and they shared the honors. Kellen Grady, Josh Cologne, Chase Johnson were the finalists, but those were the two. Oh, and, and uh, far... Bailey Steele. Oh yeah, Bailey Steele was actually third. Those were the far and away, the far and away winners. So I, I talked to a lot of people um, around the A10, and and everyone does just get 
like incensed with how some of the Duquesne players act. Coming from your point of view, do you see that? Does it make you like like them more the way they kind of act on the court, or do you even notice it? I mean, it's kind of hard when you're taking off like the red and blue glasses, but like I've watched such, you know, a long time of bad basketball since I was two or three years old, like consciously going to games and started watching when I was five where the players just didn't care. So like, I love watching those guys. Um, they actually, just wanting to win like previously, like just with Jim Ferry and then before Everhart, it was just kind of guys who were coming there to going through the motions so it's kind of nice to have those guys like but i mean i can you know when you're on another team i mean i can kind of see how they get on your nerves but i I love it i love having them yeah both both of our games got really chippy and you could tell like the players did not like each other our fans were on hughes and dunmartin and and, uh dan brought quite a bit and they were giving it back to our fans that was when the balloon was on the court too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about that balloon situation? <laughs> that pissed me off. It was all right when we won, but like I was, <laughs> I was pretty pissed off with it. I was pissed too. I thought they were going to tee us up and it was going to cost us the game. Oh, I thought it was VCU all over again for 2017. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about whenever it happened. I couldn't remember if that was you guys or somebody else. Whenever the no, it was us. <laughs> well, at least you have a student to get a tee whenever somebody can rush the court. We don't even have that, so. <laughs> What's it going to take for Duquesne to get that support? Like the new, the new arena should be good, but do you think that's going to turn it around and get you guys, uh, get you guys over the hump? It's hard. Like it's just a pro. Hold on a second. Hold on. I got to cut you off. Hold on a second. Oh, you're good. Sorry. I'm just pouring myself a nice glass of uh, pure leaf, unsweetened black tea. Um, a Keith Dambrot specialty. (laughs) We can hear the pour. It sounds delicious actually. There's a crisp pour. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Go on. Continue. I'm going to sip my tea here. <laughs> no, it's just hard in Pittsburgh being a pro sports city, but like the kids just don't, they won't come for us. They could give out $20,000 every game. One game, they had a half court shot worth 20000 That was the only game they really drew. Um, they had Dayton there that night. Um, but now for some reason or another, they just won't come. Um, hey, John, hey Johnny, I went to that game in Moon against St. Bonaventure, and I thought the I thought the fan turnout was exceptional. Really, it was as good as I've ever seen it going to a lot of Bonnie's Duquesne games. Yeah, I think like alumni are starting to come back. It's just like I think if you go up to most kids on the Duquesne campus, I, I don't think they could even tell you the record of the team or who they're playing. Like yeah. they just they just don't care, and it's like they don't. I don't even think the kids at Pitt realize they have a team anymore. It's just. Pittsburgh's just not like a great basketball city, um, so it's it's hard. I mean, hopefully with a with a uh, actual gym next year, they're able to draw some kids. Um, hopefully, get some. They're having they have a couple good non conference games. Sure, um, hopefully that those will come out pretty soon. But draw draw some kids. But it's been rough. Like ever since I've been going to games since I was younger, we just have never had any store to student turnout. Wesson said he was at that uh that game in Moon and he said someone in a sincere carry jersey was was talking uh talking shit about like Kyle Lofton and then at the after the game he remembered that and they got back into a shouting match. Was that you? Yeah. No, I actually I actually got into it with a Duquesne fan at that game. 
Um, I, was he wearing a sincere carry jersey? <laughs> Wait, no, there was, were three Duquesne fans at that game? <laughs> and he, no, this guy, I was sitting in the end zone, right? And I was just screaming because I, I, nobody ever makes any noise at the game. So I was screaming at the referees and the guy <laughs> turned around and he was like, okay, we get it. They made a bad call. And then I just started swearing and he was, I was like, why are you bringing little kids to a basketball game? Like, <laughs> take them to Disney on ice. I'm allowed to scream. It's a rivalry game. I got one final quick question here for you. You got to answer it. Yeah. Is Duquesne for real? <laughs> I think <that laughs> I think they're for real. Like, are we, you know, top four right now? It's borderline. But, like, when they're shooting real well, they're going to win. But, like, on Friday night, they just couldn't find the bottom of the basket, and it's rough. But just think it depends on the matchup. But they're not anywhere in you know, Dayton's class or anything like that. But I think they're, you know, they're good, especially comparatively to where they were. Well, you know, maybe we'll find out this weekend coming up and hopefully we play you guys on Sunday. That means we're both in the championship game. Uh, We'd definitely love to have round three in in the Barclays Center. But the Bluff Blog, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at the Bluff Blog, B-L-U-F-F. It's also the bluffblog.net. Go ahead and check him out. Thanks so much for joining us, Johnny. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. This is CNN Breaking News. We interrupt all the A-10 fans in this tournament extravaganza to bring you a breaking news update about where exactly you are going to pregame before the George Mason or St. Joe's game on Thursday, hopefully the St. Louis game on Friday, and even hopefully even further than that on Saturday and Sunday. We have Joe Enoch here. He's from the New York City chapter of the St. Bonaventure alumni. Thanks so much for uh, coming on here, Joe. What do you got to share for us? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. We got some uh, really exciting news this year. Um, As I'm sure you know in the past, a lot of times the bars that we go to, they're packed, they're slammed. There's a, 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 a... a freaking billikin out front of the bar that's supposedly I'm looking at you McMahon's yeah looking at you so um this year the school is doing something really extraordinary for us they are um they have actually rented out the 4040 club in the Barclays Center that will be our pregame spot literally inside the arena damn nice Nice. yeah Jay-Z gonna be there (laughs) no Jay-Z is gonna be there I saw they posted that they they include that in the email that it's like Jay-Z's 4040 club yeah it's not safe yeah it's still Uh, a nice bar inside the arena it's a nice bar inside the arena it's literally ours for two hours before um every game including this Thursday's game so uh at 1230 doors are gonna open um in order to uh to do this they're having a special deal so you do have to pre-register it costs twenty dollars but that does actually include your game ticket um and that ticket it's a general admission ticket just like what they did last year you can really sit wherever you want um and they're also for the first 300 fans they're gonna have um some bonnie's t-shirts there for people a uh, nice ones too like the adidas ones not just some like throwaways <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's a good deal. And like I said, it's going to be ours. Um, I know like the president of the university is going to be there. Uh, I'm pretty sure TK and a lot of the staff yeah. are going to be there. So, is TK going to bust out the guitar again? 
I, I want him to so. play Freebird or Wonderwall or something. I, I hope so. I know that the, I think we're going to get like a house band for us. And I told him, don't do that. We got our own. So, um, Tim and the Kennys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's our, that's our news. It's, uh, really exciting. Um, in order to register, let me just double check. Uh, there's a website you go to. It's just a gobonnies.com. A lot of people got email blasts Saturday night over the weekend. You probably did get the email blast. Um, and I've been posting it. It's on the New York alumni page. I'm sure, um, Sean with the, um, uh, with, uh, with the alumni group, he, he's been reaching out to everybody. If for some reason you don't, it's really simple. Go bonnies.com slash a 10 tournament. And don't get scared by the cover charge because it all evens out. You're just paying, you're paying one person the same amount of money that you would be paying anyways. But this is not our first, uh, sponsored ad or anything. Just want to make that clear. So to, Transition, what exactly is the feeling of, of all you New York City alumni? Because we're outside of the uh, the Big Apple. So what's the feeling like there as we're getting ready to invade BK? Well, you know, the, obviously um, playing on Thursday is not ideal. It's not what we were hoping for at 2.30. Um, but I know a lot of my friends are, are taking the day off work. I, I'll, I'll definitely be there. We have a really active Same. alumni group here. Um, in the fact that, uh, you know, we have a bar here where for almost every single game, we're getting 20, 30 people who show up to root on um, the Bonnies, occasionally even more than that. So people are people are pretty excited here. And um, I think, um, you know, Thursday is going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, I, I have high, high hopes that we will win on Thursday. And then Friday is yeah. going to be, you know, a, a big party for us and, and hopefully through the rest of the weekend. I'm looking at pictures now of this 4040 club. It looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't guarantee that all the babes on those photos will be there. That's one thing <laughs> the school was trying to work out, but um, I don't know if they got that in the negotiations. Yeah, there's some uh, some pretty hot guys in these pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know that those, I, those men will be there, but I, I can't say anything about the babes. So, <laughs> Well, you said Tim Kenny will be there. So. <laughs> it's all inclusive, though. Whatever you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really it. It's going to be a good time. Again, don't that, that the the $20 cover charge, again, that includes your ticket. You get a t-shirt. If you already have a ticket, it's a $10 cover charge. You can still get the t-shirt. Um, so that's where, you know, that's where we're going to be for the pregame. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be, it should be a good, good time. And it'll be our own space. You know, in the past, you're like slammed into these places like sardines. You can't even order a drink. This is our bar. Like no one else can come in. You have to register. You have to be a Bonnie to be there. Are they ready for what Bonnie's brings to these pregame bars? They they know what we bring. And um, <laughs> I think they will be prepared this year. I think they will be prepared. So. I mean, they handle like 18,000 people for Nets games, so they can handle all of us, I hope. Not binge drinking, though. No, no, that's true. Yeah. But, I mean, we have numbers. We want we got big numbers, so, you know, it adds up when you got more people there. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe Enoch from the uh, New York City chapter of the Bono Alumni Group, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, thanks a lot, man. We certainly do get around. Like, like a, a bunch, bunch of renegade, renegade pilgrims who were thrown out of Plymouth, Plymouth Colony. Colony. We're Rhode Island bound. Next up on this A10 tournament extravaganza, we have Dave from Roadie Rampage. You can go follow him on Twitter at Roadie Rampage. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Dave. I wish we were playing you guys possibly on Friday, but UMass uh, couldn't pull it out in the end uh, on Saturday. Yeah, that was a close game. I was having a, a heart attack toward, towards the end there. Uh, 
URI, as they've been doing recently, made it a lot closer than it probably should have been. But that's that's what we're living with these uh, past month or so. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I've been thinking that we what I call weird roadie has been showing up lately. If you remember last year, you guys lost to Fordham at home, and that's when weird roadie showed up. You guys lost some games after that, and that's why you became the eight seed. And I'm starting to see that same kind of roadie team showing up towards the end of the season here. So uh, how are you feeling going into A-10s, even though you're the, the three seed and, and you lucky bastards got a double bye? Terrified. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... The good news is last year in the A-10s, uh, until the, we kind of fell apart against Bana, uh, you know, URI played really well. They had that really uh, massive, massive win over the one-seed VCU, which kind of, uh, at least from a fan perspective, made it a, a quasi-successful season. Um, so I'm hoping that they can they can show up in Brooklyn once again because uh, – Ever since we played Dayton the first time at Dayton, uh, I don't know if they broke URI or what, but things have been going downhill since then. Yeah, since that Dayton game, uh, you guys have dropped four. I think you went into that game on a 10-game win streak. Um, You were riding high. It looked like you were on the right side of the bubble at that point um, from what I remember. So, like everyone says, this team goes pretty much as Fats Russell goes. Like if he's on, you guys can beat – almost anyone in the league. If not, you guys could uh, maybe drop a game to someone you shouldn't, although you don't really have any bad losses this year. We definitely saw good fats uh, in the Riley Center this year. He just killed us. But other than him, like I heard uh, Langevin might be banged up. Is Doughton banged up a little bit? Like what? What's your team look like heading into Brooklyn? Because I feel like Bonas is kind of backing into Brooklyn along with Rody. We look a little banged up too, a little worn out. So – um, what, what's this team look like heading into Brooklyn? Yeah. I mean, they've, since that, the 10 game winning streak ended, they have three wins, uh, over St. Joe's Fordham and UMass. Uh, the UMass win was by one. The Fordham win was by one. So everything's going great. If, uh, um, but yeah, you're right. Langevin's dealing with a shoulder injury. Doughton, uh, he's supposedly dealing with an ankle injury. I haven't really seen to, he's actually been you know, his, his same old self, uh, Jacob Toppins dealing with an ankle injury. So yeah, it's, uh, it's not great right now. And they only go eight deep anyway. So, you know, they can't really afford any injuries like this. Um, I assume it's going to be Duquesne in the first round for, for URI. They handled them incredibly well, uh, when they, when they came to the Ryan center in their only meeting this year, but you know, obviously things have changed since then. So I have no, no feel for how that game's going to go, assuming it's Duquesne. And even if it's uh, uh, GW, I'm not going to be for him. But even if it's a GW, I still have no feel for how that game's going to go either. This team, like you said, they go as Fats goes. And it, if he's on, they could beat anybody. But Dayton, if he's not, they can lose to Fordham. I promise. <laughs> I know in the last few years, Bonas and Rody have had some pretty good games. If we go back even this year, the game was pretty good. Of course, the... Uh, a10 semifinal last year. Shout out to us for uh, pulling out a great win there. Not yeah. to brag or nothing, but lot, even the year before, we also um, had two games with a ranked roadie versus a really good bonus team. Um, don't know if you were in Brooklyn for last year's game. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on last year's game? If you were, if whether or not you were there, I wasn't. I was actually <laughs> my 
that was like two days before my daughter was born, so I was in the hospital watching that game on my phone. Oh. But um, oh, that was a that was a good place to be in for um, handling that ass kicking we gave you in the second yeah, half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I chalked it up to they ran out of gas. Um, they certainly looked spent. I don't know if. Uh, they just emptied the tank against VCU or what? Uh, honestly, they had no real postseason aspirations last year. That VCU win and just me on Twitter refreshing various VCU fan accounts and watching them <laughs> implode. Uh, it's always great. That got me through that bottle loss pretty well. So I, It was I, I, fun I was, to be in their section in the last four minutes of that game because yeah. we were playing right after that VCU game and it yeah. was – it was very fun to be sitting right behind the VCU fans, just kind of the gif of the one guy pulling out the lawn chair and just folding back and smiling. Just <laughs> yep, like, yep, 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 this is happening. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I could see how that would be fun. So, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, it, it wasn't fun to lose that game, but in the grand scheme of how, how the season went, um, you know, I, I wasn't too upset about it. This year, obviously um, – they were on the right side of the bubble for most of the year. So uh, any loss this year is going to be very, very difficult to deal with. And it's, it's things are very, very difficult to deal with right now. I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. All right, Dave. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I hope we get another shot at you guys because that would mean that we're playing in the A-10 championship. And that would be nice to see o- us play against you guys with Oshun. Oshun Langevin again would be pretty cool to see. But you can follow Dave on Twitter, at Roadie Rampage. Pretty big following there for you amongst the Roadie fans. If you want to, you know, find out about some Roadie news, make sure to give him a follow. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. The shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Next up on our 810 smorgasbord of visitors on SB Unfurled and Friends is Grant Labetz of Davidson. He's the co-host of the Hey 10 podcast with Petey Buckets, who we heard from earlier from George Mason. Thanks for joining us, Grant. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, lucky to be the Davidson representative here and happy to talk some hoops with you guys. So as our North Carolina and Davidson representative, you guys have a pretty lucky draw, I think. I'd rather be in your position than our position right now. How are you feeling going into Brooklyn? Yeah, it's definitely nice to be on the non-Dayton side of the bracket. Um, I'll say that much. Uh, I, I feel like historically Davidson has done well in the A-10 tournament. Uh, you know, teams, I think, under Bob McKillop tend to get pretty hot at the end of the season. They tend to figure out the system, tend to get a little bit better. I think we've seen that uh, be the case this year despite some injuries and, you know, personal leave of absence from Luke Frampton. Uh, Davidson's definitely playing better down the stretch. Definitely favorable draw. You know, you get LaSalle in the first round and then uh, – you know, a Richmond team that's definitely beatable if you if you get past the Explorers. Uh, feeling pretty confident about Davidson's chances, but uh, kind of yet to see them play well away from home consistently. So that's my one concern is, you know, can the Wildcats hit threes like they do in Belk Arena or, you know, our defensive woes and, and poor shooting from the outside going to lead to an early exit? Yeah, or the Riley Center. That's why I was waiting for you to say the word consistently because you're on the wrong podcast to talk about, oh, poor Davidson, we can't play well on the road. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's why there's a little asterisk next to uh, Davidson not playing well on the road this year because that's the that's the one place where it seems like it's more home than it is Balk Arena. Um, you know, and there were a couple good non-conference games. I think Davidson won at Loyola and one at Northeastern. You know, those are fine road wins, but 
Uh, outside of that, I'm not sure if the Wildcats picked up a road win. I know they, you know, had St. Joseph's with a 20 point lead. They blew that, couldn't get George Washington. So, you know, outside of Bonaventure, which is some weird thing where they must see the the hoop like it's, you know, 15 feet <laughs> in diameter. But, uh, but yeah, outside of that, haven't shot too well away from home. Well, when Unfurled made uh, the A10 2K on 2K19, he used like a Chinese generic uh, arena for both Belk Arena and the Riley Center. And it basically does look like the same sight lines yep. at, at Belk Arena and Riley Center. <laughs> I guess that I guess that's pretty accurate then. There you go. So you guys, uh, you're up against LaSalle and you guys handled LaSalle pretty easily just a couple weeks ago. So I can't imagine you guys too worried about LaSalle. You never know. Things happen in, in tournaments. But, you know, looking ahead, how do you guys think you're going to do against Richmond if, if you do uh, if you do win? Richmond's uh, an interesting case. I think that's, you know, outside of Dayton, one of the worst draws for the Wildcats, uh, considering, you know, we've lost to them twice this year. They're the only team this year to come into Valk Arena and come away with a win. Um, and I, the thing that concerns me as a Davidson fan about the Spiders is that they play very similar style of basketball to the Wildcats, but they just do it a little bit better um, than Davidson yeah. does. I, I think was, with most teams in, in the conference, um, you know, Davidson's a little bit better shooting. You know, they cut better, they're a little bit quicker on offense. Um, you know, maybe they play a little bit better defensively, but I think Richmond does everything Davidson does, just, you know, slightly more talented this year. Um, you know, they don't have as many injuries. They got Blake Francis yeah. back. Their starting five is arguably more talented at most positions. So, you know, Richmond scares me. I think if, if we shoot well and they have an off night, that'll help. But, uh, you know, we're certainly going to be the underdogs there and, you know, playing for our lives in a, in that A-10 quarterfinal if we're lucky enough to get past the Explorers. Hey, Grant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, where can people uh, follow your stuff if they want to check you out? Uh, check us out at A10 Talk on Twitter. That's A10 Talk. Uh, posting articles, Twitter updates, all that stuff on there. I'm also on Twitter at Grant Lebeds. You can follow me there. Um, thanks, guys, a ton for having me on. Really appreciate it. Um, and really looking forward to hearing the final product here as you get a, a bunch of A10 schools on here to, to preview the tournament. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining the uh, party here. And hopefully we play you guys on Sunday because that means we're going to be facing the championship game. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> You'd rather play us in David's or Dayton, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for coming thanks, on. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There's the end of the first round of interviews of all the A10 teams before the tournament. So what do you think of what Petey had to say about George Mason since it seems pretty likely that we'll be playing them on Thursday? Yeah, I hope we get St. Joe's. Um, PD kind of made it sound like, in a way, he didn't even think they had a chance to make it to Friday. I wouldn't be so sure. It, it wouldn't be the strangest thing for Mason to, you know, be able to knock off uh, a, a five seed. You know, uh, we're not playing as well as we had been. We you just saw us lose to LaSalle. Uh, there, there are some things that we definitely need to tighten up, but it wouldn't be a complete shocker to to see, you know, Mason play well against against us in Brooklyn. They have a couple good players, um, so it, it's a game I would I would kind of worry about. Especially, you know, in these tournaments, there's something to be said about getting your feet wet and getting the getting the nerves out on Wednesday and being able to come in um, the next day and, and play a little more comfortably. Yeah, hopefully we can 
get past that first game and really move on to St. Louis. Who And we will have a St. Louis fan on our next podcast, which will be out on Tuesday. So you're going to want to listen for that, right? Yeah, he's he's a good um, a good guy to have on. He, we had him on our podcast uh, before the, the the St. Louis game Saturday. We went on his podcast, so we we've kind of been talking crap back and forth. But he seems like a pretty cool guy, and he's uh, oh, yeah. he's got some good stories to uh, to tell. Yeah, Zach's cool. Um, we'll be talking to him. We'll also be hearing from an elusive GW fan that's taken the Twitter sphere pretty, pretty much by storm with his mayhem. And we'll be having some more guests to uh, round out our A10 tournament preview. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, SB Unfurled, at Bonacommenter, SBUnfurled.com. You'll find all the podcasts posted there. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you for part two of our A10 tournament spectacular. The water. Trouble the world.